when's the time that God's answered your prayers? Maybe you can point to when you were praying about a job and that job finally came through. Maybe you can point towards housing that you were looking for, especially in this market, and God finally provided it. Maybe it's a little more personal for you. It's a family member. It's a relationship. It's even praying for uh, a romance, and God came through with that. Most of us, if we've been following Christ for any length of time, can point to some answered prayer. We go, God, you've done it. Thank you. And the stakes may be low or the stakes may be high. Um, but God leads us all to grow in prayer. And it's been said, and I think it's right, you know, God has a few responses to our prayers. There's times he says no. There's times he says yes. And there's times he says wait. And all of them are in his wisdom and his good. And when we're in situations where, especially when it seems like the stakes are really high or things are going to be really difficult, um, even sometimes when it's really clear that things are coming against us and we need God to break the power of what that is, we can go, wow, God, I mean, I just, I need you to come through. Think of the ancient Israelites, right? And so many of their prayers had to do with safety and security. A lot of the, prayer, the uh, psalms that we pray in terms of spiritual warfare today were actually in terms of actual warfare psalms when they were written. And Psalm 98, which is where we are today, is, uh, is no different. Uh, Israel was this little tiny nation, and they were actually being attacked. Not metaphorically, not by like a difficult uh, personality in one of their friendships, and not by something going wrong in the politics of uh, their own country, but what happens is people would actually attack them, would siege their city walls, would try to break them down, would try to destroy them, and would seek to kill their families in order to take their goods, and especially the little area of fertile land that they had. And so it was a constant um, time of defense for them. And so you had psalms that were written specifically when God gave the victory against yet another band of real-life attackers. Again, not uh, talking about spiritual warfare, not talking about any metaphor, but talking about, God, you've actually preserved our lives. And so ones like Psalm 98 that we'll, that we'll, that we'll, we'll read today, they actually have some military terminology. They're going to talk about um, some, some things that God does as a warrior. Now, as New Testament Christians, we'll read this psalm, and we're going to understand this through the lens of Jesus, right? We know that we don't struggle against flesh and blood. We're not going to be, um, you know, unless our country's actively at war with another one, and they are actively invading our cities, which does happen around the world. We're not going to be praying this saying, God, would you defeat the opposing army? Or God, thank you for defeating the opposing army. But we pray this, these psalms, and we sing these psalms, saying, God, thank you for defeating the devil. Thank you for defeating the darkness. And God, as we continue to fight spiritual battles, as we continue to pray and ask that you change things, we look back to what you've already done. And some of us can testify to that in our lives, right? When we had something that had a hold on us for so long, and finally it broke. In my family's history, that was alcoholism. And for my grandfather, when that broke, it broke very suddenly. God, look what you've done in my grandfather's life, and how you've changed our family tree beyond that. For some of us, it's bitterness that we've carried or shame or different things personally. There's battles that we fought with ourselves and things that we've asked God for victory in. And circumstances, like we've said, jobs, housing, and different things. But whatever the victory is that God has given, it's great to have the language of the Psalms to thank God for, for it in. And it's great to take things like Psalm 90 that we'll read today and be able to say, God, thank you so much for what you've done in history and what you've done for me today. 
So I'm going to read this psalm, and I want us to, again, think about ancient Israel, right? They've just literally fought off another enemy. They've actually fended off a military attack. Somebody's attacked them, and they've been able to defeat them. And so they're speaking of God like a warrior here. And it's going to start like this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Do you know new songs in the Bible happen when there's battle? You hear about new songs in Psalm 98, you hear in the Psalms, you hear Miriam singing a new song after God defeats the uh, Egyptians. Even in Revelation, we talk about singing a new song because the Lamb has, has won and won victory. So a new song goes with God giving victory. So sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm, again, military terms, have worked salvation for him. And again, in Psalms right now, this is talking about physical deliverance. He's delivered his people from another army. So salvation, as it's originally written, is about the salvation of his people from their enemies attacking them. And so it goes on to say, The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And I'm going to pause right there. Because this is... God's work in the past. This is what God has done. He is the warrior. He has won a victory for us. And so this is a psalm that goes from past, it's going to go for present in a second, and then it's going to go to future. But it says, God, look at what you've done, and thank you for what you've done. We have to sing a new song because God has given us a victory. He's preserved us. God is caring about his people, and he's caring about our lives and who uh, he's called this nation to be. And my encouragement to us just from this part of the song is when God does that in your life, whether it is a circumstance, whether it is uh, getting something that has been a dream for so long, whether it's breaking something personally in our lives that we've needed deliverance from, whatever that thing is, we may not be super musical, but I think it's a good word to sing to God a new song, to actually express to God that thankfulness in our hearts that we don't just ever become people who think that's commonplace or take for granted that that's what God done, has done for us. But we sing, God, thank you for what you've done. And psalms like this where we acknowledge God has worked and he has, he has saved his people are ones that we can use when God works in our particular situations. Look what God has done. And in here, it doesn't just go for God's people, but it says it's a witness to the ends of the earth. When God does something in our lives, it's not just about what has he done for me. It's let me tell you what God's done for me. It's supposed to show us uh, not only God's grace and mercy in our own lives, but it's supposed to help our family understand who God is. Our friends know who God is. And even in this song, we're talking about, even as they fought off an enemy nation, this is already a witness to the nations of who God is and what he's done. Because God's plan, right, God's intention, as God already says in Psalms, is that the nations will come up to Jerusalem, that they will serve God, that they will turn to God. And God's plan is not that any should perish, but that all should be saved and come to know him. And so even in this song, we're celebrating that God's fought off the enemies. We're already foreshadowing the time when God's going to call all nations to himself, when they're all going to go up to Zion, to the new Jerusalem. Because God's intent is always that God's people become the conduit, become the way that salvation comes to the end of the earth. So here it says, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And so they move from the past now, to the present. They've talked about what God's done as a warrior, and now they tell the whole world to praise God the King. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. 
burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the king. And I'm going to pause there again for a minute. So now this is the present. And they invite the whole world to join in. I love what Tremper Longman said about this one, is that human voices are insufficient to express praise to God here. You actually need the instruments. God has called us in the Psalms and through the scriptures to use instruments. And he's telling us in here, we need to make a loud sound to thank God. The harp and singing and trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn and a shout. I love that Psalms tells us over and over again, it's not only acceptable to use music. It's not only okay. It's not like the highest thing is just to use our voices and then if you really need them, you can use instruments. But there's times in which you need to make a loud sound of praise. And our voices, as good as they are, they're not going to do it by themselves. So bring in the ram's horn, bring in the trumpet, bring in the really loud instruments. Because when God has done great things, he's worthy of a proportionate response. He's worthy of a loud shout of praise. He's worthy of a joyous song. He's worthy of our posture to be raising our hands and lifting our voices, again, as much as we're physically able to accomplish those things, because God is great, and he has done great things. And so a loud song is appropriate. A loud song and using instruments and whatever is at our disposal is something that God deserves. I love seeing how Jesus would stand in places, right? He would pull off a little way from shore in a boat, or he would stand in um, natural hills that would amplify his voice. Even Jesus used things that would amplify his voice in the moment to be able to speak to people. And to be in the time in history where we get to have microphones, I think I ragged on the Shure SM58 a little bit yesterday, but only out of love, because this is a microphone you can do anything with. It's been used in every single indie concert, every single rock concert for the last several decades. You can drop it on the floor and it's still gonna work. The SM58 microphone's a beautiful thing. Because with that, people can actually hear you. And we live at a time where we have social media, where we have TV, where we have amplification, we have videos, we have instruments that hadn't been invented until 100 years ago. And the ways that we can worship God and praise God and amplify his praise are incredible. Man, God deserves all of it. And none of it is to platform us or uh, tell about who we are. It's all to tell about who God is. And God deserves every single method, every single means, every single instrument, every single way we can lift a shout of praise and say, we're going to shout for joy to the Lord and invite all the earth to join in. And so in the end of this psalm, it invites all of creation to join in. And it actually points towards the future. So we've done past, what God's done, and he saved his people. We've talked about the present and invited all of creation to join in. And then it's the future. And it actually invites in not just the people, but the physical world. Because as much as we sing, as much as we praise, all of creation is called to respond. So let the sea resound. Well, that's pretty big, right? That's pretty big, talking about the oceans. But it's also talking about ancient uh, ideas, ancient histories, the place where they thought that the most evil dwelled, the most chaos dwelled. And they're saying God is Lord of all of this. Let even the sea resound. Let even the sea turn to worship God and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes, now it's the future, to judge the earth. 
he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. God is the God of justice. And he is the one that we can count on not to be partisan, not to show favoritism, not to be the one who privileges some over another, but he's the God who will bring what is right. Uh, as this early on in this, in this psalm talks about God's has said, his covenant faithfulness, his loyalty. This is the judge he's going to be of all the world. And when we hold up what each nation has done, what each person has done um, against who God is, he's the one who will sift right from wrong. He was the one who will set all things to right. And that's the God that we look forward to, his rule and reign. And again, in the New Testament, right, we see that Christ has defeated the powers of sin and death. He's defeated sin, death, and the devil. And now we get to look forward to the one day when he will judge in righteousness. And he will separate, and he will do the, the sifting, he will do the judging. But then one day he will establish his kingdom of only righteousness, only truth, only goodness. He's the one who's going to wipe away every tear from people's eyes. He's the one that will reign forever with and live with forever. So as a warrior, we can give thanks to God for what he's done. And as the king, he calls the whole earth to join in. And then as the judge, the psalmist calls us to look to the future. Um, this isn't a super long psalm, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time just adding things that aren't in there or um, really trying to expound on stuff that's, that's too much to... Um, that would it, uh, be, be too long for, for what's already in there. But I think, again, it's a great reminder that we can... Thank God for what he's done in circumstances. And every time that that's happened, it's supposed to be a witness to those around us. It's supposed to be a witness to the whole earth. But also it helps us to look forward and say, one day, what God's done here, he's going to do everywhere. Every time we see injustice, every time we see evil, when every time we see something happen, when we go, God, that was not your intent for that family, for that country, for that school, without business, for the way things are, are supposed to go, God, how could this happen? We say, but God's the judge, and he's coming. And one day, he's going to set the entire world to rights. So we can rest in that. The God who has done great things for us in the past is the one who will do right by everyone in the future. And I'm so glad that we can thank him. I'm so glad that we can praise him. I'm just so glad that we have the Psalms to help us take that structure and to, uh, to do that in our own lives and for uh, everything that comes in, in the future as well. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about one of the tough psalms. And I know this, that next week's one is coming uh, for the whole series, and I've just been like, whew, I, I just don't know about this one. So next week's kind of going to be like one of, one of the hard ones to talk about. And then the week after that, we're going to cap off this series with, again, another psalm of thanks and praise to God and, and fi finish off uh, with, with thanksgiving to him. But I've been glad to go through this series with us together, and I've been glad to just see the different things that are in God's words. And today, again, we've been called to specifically thank God for what he's done. And I encourage you, um, Jared's going to come up and play another song. And today in response, I'm just going to ask us to do this. Can we think about one thing God's done in our lives? Maybe it's an answer to prayer for provision. Maybe it's an answer to prayer for deliverance. Maybe it's something he's done for us personally. Maybe it's something he's done for someone else. But as we sing and as we pray, can you just give God some thanks in your own words? Maybe just one line. Maybe you have a lot of stuff you want to say and it's going to bubble out. But I encourage you, think about what God's done in your own life. And then just take a little bit of time to sing your own song to him about that. Because he's still in the business of delivering. He's still in the business of saving. And he's still in the business of calling his people to sing new songs to him.